Welcome to the Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. And joining me now from his uh, his house, a place that I don't think he gets to spend a whole lot of time as he's, my man's on the road a lot, traveling, covering this game. Michael Collins, it's a beautiful day in Florida. How you doing? Oh, this is the Florida time, at least in Gainesville where I live. We don't tell people about this Florida. When it's not a cloud in the sky and it's like 65 degrees and a five mile an hour wind and no humidity, like, oh, don't tell people. Too many people live here already. <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of weird being home sometimes. <laughs> Every time I show up, I'm like, hold up, are my pictures anywhere in this house? Picture I'm in the right crib. <laughs> Did these kids recognize me from FaceTime? Like, do I look like somebody only seen on YouTube? I don't know how you do it, man. I um, every week, you know, there's there's golf every week, as you know now, and we're we're just getting started. The West Coast swing is near, and these players go, and you're out there with them. You're covering the game. I see you on TV all the time in ESPN. Follow you on Twitter, and um, this this. Hey, think about here. this. Think about this. From December thirtieth of two thousand nineteen until August thirtieth of two thousand twenty. There's going to be 39 events, Jeez. 35 weeks, 39 events. Not, it's nonstop golf. Non every single week. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like we only had two weeks off. Do you miss golf? No, no, I don't miss golf. And already we got to start this again. God Almighty, I don't believe this. That's a, that's an amazing stat. And geez. Good grief. 39 events in 35 weeks wow. because there's a couple of like the WGCs have opposite yep. field stuff. And so does the open championship that has an opposite field event, too. So, yeah, when you count the Olympics, because the PGA Tour would be like, well, we take a week off. No, you don't. The Olympics is the week off. <laughs> like somebody's going to play there and it's probably going to be Tiger and three other dudes from the U.S. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, every 39 events in 35 weeks is it, crazy. I'm not going to all of them, too. People say that all the time. Do you go to every event? Hell no. <laughs> well, you, if you went to, if you did go to all of them, your, your your picture in that house would be nowhere to be found. I wouldn't even have a house, you know what I mean? <laughs> I would just live in a Walmart cart. <laughs> you come live with me. You you're only an hour and fifteen for. For me. what? What would I need a crib for? Like, well, just, well, I just, would live out of suitcase. That'd be it. I'd be like. Just, a couple of weeks out of the year, I would just stay in the airport for the week. <laughs> you just pay me rent. Perfect. You just pay me rent and you're never here. It's like the best tenant ever. I am the perfect roommate. That's the thing. You know? <laughs> this feels, this feels though, like it's going to be, it's going to, it just feels like it's going to be an epic year. I mean, you know, Tiger is in form, look great in Australia. Um, you know, Brooks hopefully will come back from his surgery and be top of this game. Probably a little bit of rust, I'd imagine, early. But, um, you know, Rory, man, he looked good last year. JT, I have said it for the last year and a half, is one of the best players in the game. He'll just Ooh. continue to chip away at wins. Yep. Got to get Spieth back. He's got a quick snap hook in his driver. I think DJ will, Good luck with that. Yeah, DJ, who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, Look, DJ, here's the thing. DJ's <laughs> going to be DJ. Like, yeah. DJ's going to get his three or four wins. Yeah. One of them might be a major. You know, I'll, who knows? Like, yeah. when it comes to DJ, it ain't like he ain't done anything different for the past 13 years. This dude has won every single year forever. That's what yeah. it seems like. Every year he's going to win at least one because that's what he does 
and he'll be in contention a couple of times too. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool. Brooks is the one I'm 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 hoping when Brooks comes back that he can get back to a hundred percent. Um Jordan, I'm really nervous for. Cause the hardest thing for Jordan and for every other golfer who goes through some kind of success and then has a dip is learning to not put so much pressure on yourself and have fun on the golf course. It's hard to have fun when you feel like you should be winning and you're not like then the bad shots get so magnified and it's only in your own head. That's what's so crazy is that no matter who's out there with you, no matter who tells you, man, it's not that big a deal. Even when you watch highlights of yourself winning, like you're like, well, man, I I hit a horrible shot there and I still won. How come that didn't bother me? And and trying to not let that bother you is so it's so easy on the outside looking in. You're like, yeah, it's a bad shot. No big deal. But man, for some reason, (laughs) if you're in a bad place or like just on that's the razor's edge, you're sitting on that razor's edge of supreme confidence and supreme meltdown. (laughs) Yeah. Let me let me say this to you and then I want to get into your your journey. Right. We're going to we're going to break Amen. down this this very this very common journey is known from from, from comedian to caddy to uh, where you are now. As an ESPN we're gonna, we're gonna get there, but I'm curious. I'm curious here. Let's go second tier player. We just kind of okay. we just went to the top dogs. Now I'm going to go second tier. I'm going to list off a few names and then you got to give me two to watch for. OK, All so right. here I go. We're, you know, Cantlay. Right. He's coming. Yep. Uh, Xander's time. coming. Xander's oh, yeah. coming. Yep. Tony Finau's coming. Yep. Right. And all right, give me give me two more. Uh Cameron Champ. I'll give you three. Cameron Champ, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf. What do you think? I like that. I like that. And uh, you know what they all have in common, right? And I knew you I knew you'd go right there to the chalk. They all Boom. Got speed, baby. They all Boom. got the, they all got the big stick. You know, I played with them. Yeah, but you know what though? They also all have great attitudes when yeah. things aren't going great. Yep. That's, that's what point. that's what you want to see a dude who's going to be successful. Like there's plenty of dudes that can hit it long and straight and play great. I want to see the dudes who when they aren't hitting it straight, I mean, think about what Patrick Reed did at the Century. That dude missed more greens than anybody. He he had 99 putts total. <laughs> That's all. That was 11. Let me think. 11 more putts than the closest guy in history. In wow. then history, like he had 11 less putts than anyone in the history of that tournament. Like you know how many greens you got to miss to have 99 putts, man. So yeah. like those dudes, those three guys, Cameron Champ. Like, he's got such a great attitude on the golf course, even when things aren't going great. And the same thing with Victor Hovland um, is another one. And and you got a guy like Wolf with his swing. You think that dude ain't heard people, like, heckle him when he was on the course with his oh, buddies, yeah. like, coming up? Like, that dude. So you got to have a brain and a will of steel to be able to deal with that, you know? So... They're polished. Dudes, yeah. They're polished. Colin Morikawa is another one. You put him in there. I mean, this kid, you listen yeah. to him talk. If you listen to him talk, you think he's 28 and been out there for seven years. I mean, Speed uh, was like that when, when he was a junior in high school. 
I interviewed him when he was a junior in high school when he almost won the dang Byron Nelson. That's right. And he was like, I was like, this kid is more mature than me. (laughs) (laughs) He's a junior in high school. What's wrong with you, man? (laughs) Well, let's let's talk about you. All right. In this this journey from, uh, I'm going to take you back, way back, your your stand-up comedian days to... Uh, to your introduction to the game, which turned you into a caddy with uh, Omar Uresti. And now here you are uh, as an ESPN uh, journalist. And according to your Twitter handle, quote, you're pretending to work as a writer to stay inside the ropes and uh, <laughs> and watch your <laughs> That's because ESPN, when ESPN first hired me, they put my title as senior golf writer. And I was like, look, y'all got to take that down right now. <laughs> no, you're a writer. I'm like, listen, I failed high school English and never went to college. Like, I'm sitting in a room with people that got Pulitzers. Do not say that I'm a writer. Like, I still type with two fingers because I failed typing, too. Like, I used to make fun of kids. And now, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, my, that's my two fingers right now hitting the. Yeah, even like Rick Riley, he made fun of my whole thing before. And then at the Masters, he was watching me do a, a live chat one time. And he was like, you really do play with two fingers. And I was like, shut up. I know, man. I don't want to talk about it. It's like, I don't know how you do it so fast. And I was like, because I'm mad. That's why I do it fast. Because I learned I'm not good at it. And I'm like frustrated but i mean it's been the craziest i can't tell you how many emails i get from journalism students they're like i'm a junior at such and such college and i just want to do what you do like how what would be my next best step I'm like i don't know if you follow my <laughs> you follow my road you're gonna be homeless working like at waffle house somewhere <laughs> you gonna end up in a bad way because i it was crazy <laughs> Golf started for me so late, number one. I was mm-hmm. doing stand-up comedy. It was another comedian that made me learn how to play golf because he was like, you got to play. And he used to watch it on TV, and I was like, what, you suffering from narcolepsy or something? You got a sleep disorder? And he was like, nah, man, golf is in everything. And he was right. Hmm. He was right. And so when he and, – and to be honest, when he took me out to this little pitch and putt par three course, I was hooked from day one. Hmm. From the first time I went out and tried it, I was hooked. And so at one point, I got booked to do comedy in Hilton Head the week of the tournament. And a kid who I had gone to high school with in Pennsylvania was an assistant pro in Hilton Head, but knew I was doing stand-up. So he was like, hey, if you're ever here for the tournament, holler at me. And and I did. And next thing I know, he was like, hey, we're going Tuesday. And I was like, I don't even think they play on Tuesday, dude. I think they don't play till like Saturday. Cause this was 98. Mm. So the only time it was on TV was on Saturday and Sunday. And he was like, nah, man, Tuesday is practice. And I was like, okay, golf practice. That's stupid. <laughs> Who practices? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. And, but he was like, no, nah, man, it's serious. Like, All right. Yeah. It's serious. Okay. So we went out there and, uh, I meet Omar Uresti on the 11th tee. It was fun. I knew something crazy was going to happen when we walked in because at the time in Hilton Head, the putting green, the practice green was elevated. So, like, it was, a, like, on a kind of, like, a platform thing. And anyway, we walk in, and this dude stops putting and comes over. Hey, how you doing? Long time no seeing. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm good? Yeah, long time. How you been? Okay. Oh, are you doing shows? And I was like, actually, yeah, I'm doing shows this week. And he was like, perfect. We got to catch up. It's been too long. And he walks away. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, my buddy, who's the assistant pro, is in golf. So he's like, dude, you know Billy 
Andre, and I'm like, I have never seen that guy before in my life. <laughs> and we found out later that week he thought I was Darius Rucker. He thought I was Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish. Because <laughs> that's when Crack Rearview Mirror came out. So my first nickname on tour was Lil Hootie. Lil which Lil some Hootie. of the guys on the on the, the PGA Tour champions still call me that to this day, mm. which is crazy. But then I meet Omar. He comes to the show. He gives me clubhouse badges for the week. I just end up meeting... Uh, 50 golfers and 100 caddies end up coming to the show that week. It was crazy. I start booking comedy wherever the tour is going to be. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the caddies will be like, yo, Mike, you want to carry the golf bag? And I'd be like, yeah, because I'm going to be inside the ropes, not thinking the bag weighs 35 pounds and we're about to walk seven miles. Like I basically gave them caddies the day off and I I was the, the Sherpa for them, you know? Mm. But then I would ask him questions like, man, what's that book you're looking at? What you, why are you writing these notes down? You know, why do you rake the bunker like this? Like, what is it? And so they started telling me. And I was and then I got fascinated. Like, that's crazy. I didn't know y'all had to do so much went into it. And then one week, Robert Gomez called me and was like, I'm playing like doo-doo. And I'm not having fun. Come caddy for me because I just want to have fun again. And I was like, yeah, why not? And so... Next thing I know, I'm caddying for Robert Gomez. And mm. then other dudes are like, hey, give me a call when you got a week off from comedy. And Chris Couch was the first one who was like, listen, from now yep. on, whenever you're not doing stand-up, you caddy for me, and that's it. And we ended up finishing fourth on the money list. We finished second in Miami and then won the tour championship. And the next thing I know, we was going on the PGA Tour. Wow. And it was crazy. And then... A guy came up to me when I was, you know, because I caddied for a bunch of different dudes, you know, throughout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was caddying for Omar. We were at the Byron Nelson. This guy came up to me and was like, hey, man, how do you feel about doing play-by-play on your weeks off? And I was like, yeah, who you with? Like ABC, Golf Channel, NBC, CBS, who you with? And the guy was like, I'm with XM Radio. I was like, golf on the radio. Man, it's hard (laughs) enough to watch paint dry. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, well, that's why we think you would be good. You know, because you come from a different background, comedy. I'm like, nah, I don't know, man. He goes, well, just try it. All right, yeah, why not? So I did. I tried it. And the next thing I knew, I was getting emails and stuff from people. It was crazy. And then the guy who was the head of Fox Sports, mm-hmm. you know, the first, the first, the first golf broadcast Fox ever did was called the Ultimate Game. And there was a bunch of guys in that that are now PGA Tour champions. Scott Piercy, Kevin Streelman, like it was Tony Finau was that's where he turned pro. And I did that first broadcast. And it was all because I was doing Sirius XM radio and the head of Fox was he- listening. And then it turns out the head of ESPN was listening. <laughs> and those then ESPN sent me a note on Twitter, the editor from ESPN. And I thought it was for a radio interview. And the next thing you know, I'm in Bristol interviewing for this uh, job. It was crazy. Wow. Wow. Crazy, and that's a, seven years ago, man. It's it's nuts. What a journey, man. That, I mean, I'm telling you, it's one thing you just never know, right? You just no, you never. That's why I tell people all the time, like I am where I am because I say, yeah, why not? Yeah. Because as I started out as a comedian, it was like, man, I want to be do the normal comedian route where I do stand up comedy, then do some TV, and then become a movie star. Yeah, you know, and. On that journey, a couple of doors opened that I looked at and was like, hmm, that's not really the direction I was going in, but 
it sounds it sounds crazy cool. Like it'll be something new. Who knows? Maybe I'll be good at. It. I don't know. Well, yeah, why not? Let's try it. Yeah. And boom. Next thing you know, it's it's a wild ride, man. Yeah, it is. And and you know when people reach out to me and say, you know, give me some thoughts on next steps or career, and like you know, I I, I always find myself telling younger people, look, when you get out there, you got to put yourself out there. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta put your foot in. You know and yeah. And, and not be afraid. And like, not be afraid. That's right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And like I had, I had no clue what I was doing when I was doing play by play on Sirius XM. I used to get in so much trouble. <laughs> I would say things that were like, because I would just do it from my perspective. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I would get emails, and while I was out on the course, look, you you cannot say badonk to donk. I'm like, why not? Why can't I say he put his badonk to donk on that one? You know what I mean? Like everybody, all my friends knew what I was talking about. <laughs> you know, because I know well, I'm not allowed to say he put his ass into it, but I can say he put a badonk to donk on it. Like, I, I'm curious what what's more difficult, stand up comedy or caddying on tour? I mean, caddying's harder because. Cause you don't have control. Like, and in comedy, if I tell one bad joke, I got another joke. I can like, I'm coming right back with another joke. Right. Okay. You don't like that one. I'm coming back with another one. But in caddying, it's like, I don't have control over where the ball goes. Yeah. So I can be like, Hey man, here's the right shot and the right club in this situation. But if the player isn't in a good place with his swing, like I can't save it. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Be like, yeah, normally this is a nine iron, but I know you're going to toe shank this nine iron. So we're going to hit a punch seven in this. <laughs> but you can't, you're like, you're not going to say that as a caddy. You're not going to be like, I like punch seven here. Seven. It's a nine iron yardage. Yes. But right now with nine, you suck. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't right. do that. So it's, right. it, it, it's easy to become a lot more helpless as a caddy than as a comedian. What's, I think, but it's, there's, they're completely, they're so opposite because that's the, that's why I think I loved caddying so much Yeah. because stand up comedy, like you, it's me and the microphone and that's it. Like there's no safety wires and nothing like that. And then in, in golf, it's the player, like mm -hmm. everything you go from being the star to the servant, you know? And I, I just like that. I like to be in the vice president sometimes I, where you're behind the curtain. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but you, like your kind of, I don't want to say introduction into the game as you started kind of, you know, coming on to the sport and merging the com the, the comedian role into uh, eventually caddying. But it was really kind of around that time when you started doing that fuzzy tiger bit, right? When, when fuzzy got in trouble with the comments that he made about tiger. Well, the funny thing was, so like I was just doing stand up at the time and hadn't really started caddying or anything. And I used to do a bit about actually, I mean, the bit wasn't really even about fuzzy and tiger. It was a lead into something else that I just used the fuzzy tiger situation to get into something else. Mm -hmm. And so I never forget, man, I was, a. Uh, I was performing in Greensboro at the Comedy Zone, and I had met a bunch of golfers and got to know a bunch of guys, and I knew Fuzzy mm -hmm. and had hung out around him and stuff, and, and was, I mean, he was a really funny guy at the time, too. Um, and he was at the comedy club one night, and so nobody recognized him. So I do this bit, 
And at the end of the bit, I said, you know, hey, I want to thank everybody. I'm glad y'all enjoyed that bit. Um, but there's something you should know. That guy who I was talking about, Fuzzy Zeller, he's sitting right there. Hey, Fuzzy, stand up. And Fuzzy stood up and the place went ballistic. It was awesome. It still gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it was so cool to be able to do a bit that was so edgy in front of the person. Wow. But no one else knew he was there. So he knew he got an honest reaction from the crowd and what I was talking about and what I when like where I went with the bit. And so when he he stood up, man, it was just it was one of those really cool mm. moments that was like so like unrehearsed and, and so spontaneous that yeah. it was just it was really it was fun, man. It was fun. And it was and somebody afterwards was just like, you should have Fuzzy come to all your shows. <laughs> I was like, nah, it wouldn't be as good then. <laughs> well, that's the best kind of comedy, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't scripted. It was authentic, nah. right? Natural yeah. reaction. Yeah. 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 Yep. Sometimes that's like dealing with a heckler sometimes, you know? Yeah. If you if sometimes a heckler in the right moment at the right time without even trying to can like blow stuff up. The worst part about it is when people are heckling because they and after the show, guys will come up and be like, hey, huh? I helped you out. You know, I'm helping the show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, because I wasn't funny without you. <laughs> yeah. How long how long does it take on stage to know where that guy's going to be? That guy. Right. There's one in every audience, I'm sure. No, and it doesn't happen to every audience. Not every, it, okay. No, no, it's, 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 I would say it's more rare than what people think. Okay. People think that, like, you know, every show there's going to be one dude out there who, but it's not like that at all. I would say maybe in 10 shows, there might be one, maybe. And a lot of times you can stop it before it starts happening, you know? So, okay. yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not that frequent, but when it does happen, then it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And normally, normally it's a guy. I have had, I think, on two occasions in my twenty years of doing stand up professionally, that I've had women go over the edge. Mm. Uh, one, one of them chase, one tried to chase me on stage, <laughs> and that was fun. What? Yeah, yeah. I actually, like, she came on stage with a bottle. I dropped the mic and ran off stage. Oh my Security goodness. grabbed her. It was in Jersey. It was hilarious. I can laugh it about is. it now because when the security grabbed her and was dragging her out, the whole crowd was like, no, 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 no. It was nuts, dude. It was freaking nuts. Um, but most of the time, it's, a, it's dudes and it's a guy who's on a date with a girl or has been dating a girl for a while and like he's drinking and she's told him like, he's the funniest guy that she has been around. And she's like, he makes her laugh more than anybody else. And now after a couple of drinks, he's seeing her laugh harder at another dude. Okay. Then he's so now he's got a you know he's got a man up, <laughs> but he's you're not a professional comedian, so like you're just drunk and now mad that she was lying. <laughs> Are we? Let me let me ask you this, Michael. The heckler, you know, in comedy, it's interesting to hear you say it's rare. We know that. I would say behavior, crowd behavior. When you watch the NFL, NBA, um, you know, not so much baseball, but let's, you know, the NFL, hockey would be two good examples. Um, you know, behavior has certainly gone downhill for sure. I know you watch. Do you think? Hold on, let me uh, let me add. Do you really think it's gone downhill, or do you think that we as a society 
have just started to decide, you know what, uh, you're not, you can't do that. You know, you know what I mean? Because when you think about it, like, it's not like I remember the first baseball game I ever went to was Yankees Red Sox in the late 70s. And there were all kinds of fights going on in okay. the crowd and stuff like that kind of stuff. And there was people screaming stuff all the time. And, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. And you're not going to tell me that Eagles fans were more polite in the 80s than they are today. There's no way. I don't think so. I just think that we're at a place now in society where it's like, listen, if I'm spending this much money to take my kids, the whole theory of I paid my money and I can say whatever I want is out the window. Like you don't get to do that no more. So I I think, I think it's just policed better now than what it was. But I think there are extremes on both sides. Like even Justin Thomas admitted that he messed up when he had the dude thrown out of the Honda because the guy yelled, get in the bunker, after he had hit the shot. Like, there's there's appropriate heckling and inappropriate heckling. And I think the tour is going to be on notice this year, big time. Because, one, they – here's the problem for the tour. And they went through it once before with Sergio. Sergio is not – well liked by a lot of crowds it's not to say he's not a nice dude i love the guy to death he's done some very dumb things on the golf course like with behavior wise spitting in the cup is you know you you just can't do that you can't do those type of things and then think by saying hey sorry about that like it's just gonna go away nah and when you talk smack about somebody like tiger guess what his fans are coming at you now, on the flip side of that, the PGA Tour and their security, their gig is to protect not just players, but fans, too. So you got to police it. And yeah. so what's going on with Patrick Reed now, like we saw at the century on that last putt, as soon as he makes contact, the ball is maybe a foot, if not, if that much off the club face and somebody else cheater. Like, that's going to start happening a bunch. We saw it at the President's Cup when Kessler, his caddy, had had enough. And this dude is within two feet of him and screams out, like, you effing suck. Right. If you're not, if you're going to allow that kind of behavior, then, like, they were talking about, I'm sure they were talking about suspending Kessler for a longer amount of time. But that's only because it's Patrick Reed. What people forget was Tony Navarro went at a U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines went into the crowd and punched a father and a son in the face. Punched two dudes in the face. You know what the tour did about it? Nothing. You know why? Because Tony was caddying for Adam Scott. See? So, like, well, and everyone goes, well, wait, Adam Scott's a nice guy. Uh, Hold up. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to say... Well, you can act this way in front of this player, but don't act this way in front of a nice guy. Like, nope, doesn't work that way. Like, if I'm an Eagles fan, I can't go to Tampa and act a fool in Tampa because, well, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm allowed to act this way. Like, no, you're not. You can't do that. Like, sorry. So when it comes to this behavior, the tour, if the tour wants to do the best thing for crowds – they're going to have to be throwing a lot of people out real early. But you know what? Like, look, the NBA learned quick. Once you throw enough dudes out real quick early, 
nobody else is going to act that way because yeah. tickets are way too expensive. You know why nobody acts a fool with the Masters? Because everybody understands if they get those tickets taken away, they're taken away for life. For life. Can you imagine? Yeah. You banned yes. from, You can never go back to the Players' Championship for the rest of your life, and whoever bought you the tickets, they can't buy them tickets again for life? Guess who ain't going to act a fool? Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. I don't care yeah. how bad you hate the player. No matter how bad you hate the player, you're not going to do anything to get yourself kicked out. And your no. friends are also going to be like, yo, Timmy, you're a little drunk. You need to go over here and sit down shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we got to go. We got to go so we don't get kicked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, I don't I don't think – but most of the listeners probably have never heard that story with Tony Navarro caddying for Adam Scott. Yes, and, and he ain't the only one. Yeah, like there's yeah. other players and caddies. Like people talk about Steve Williams taking a camera and throwing that in. Steve Williams is going into the crowd and grab people too. Like this yeah. is before he worked for Tiger. You know what I mean? Like, and there's players that have gone into the crowd. Greg Norman. You think yep. Greg Norman ain't put his hands on somebody before? You ever heard of that? Nope. You know why? Nothing happened. Nothing came of it. No players were charged for nothing. So it's like. It's you can't say, well, these guys, because they're nice guys, are allowed to go into the crowd, but these guys can't because they're the villains. Like just because they're the villains in your eyes doesn't mean that that they're now not that you're allowed to to behave in a different manner because it's somebody that you're rooting against. Like that's still not okay. You just can't do that. Well, the tour is going to have to do something. I think we hope. Yeah, they're going to have look, to do something. The tour uh, ran the President's Cup, and they didn't do nothing over there. Like it got to the point where Kessler jumped off a cart and knocked two a guy's beers down. Which in Australia, I think if you knock beer out of somebody's hands in Australia, that's a felony. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an Australian felony. Yeah, I just you know like. Patrick Reed, obviously, Sergio, you brought up the example. I mean, these guys, their their behavior, their actions, you know, it, it has t- take take away who they are off the course, right? I mean, what they're doing on the course, the way they're behaving, the way they're acting. I mean, they're bringing it upon themselves, right? And they're you're going to get people coming at you when you start yes. to have these cheating allegations starting to line up on you, and you have something well, as, as the other thing too as, is as it was you can. You could have quelled everything if you would have just came out and been like, I am such an idiot. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. That was stupid. I'm I'm stupid. Like, if you take the hit, here's the it's, it's funny. You think about it this way. You ever know you're out somewhere and you see somebody for the first time, might be hanging out with somebody for the first time. And like, they're not nice. And you look at your friends and you go, man, this dude's an asshole, right? And then they come over to you and they go, hey, man, I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. And you're like, well, now that you said that, now can't, now you're not, now you're yeah. a good dude, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and that's in a in plenty of these situations, it could have been quelled if that would have been the response, been like, you know what, I'm an asshole. Yeah. You know, when you say that, then everyone's like, oh, you know what? No, you're not. You know that you. Now that you have that self realization, it's like, you know yeah. what, you're good. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just as I said, that I didn't happen. <laughs> you know, Paul Tesori and I talked about this Webb's caddy, and 
Webb, who think about this. <laughs> I kind of understand Tiger putting Webb with Patrick Reed, but I kind of don't. Webb yeah. is the greatest church boy. At, like this dude. <laughs> this dude, he's like when I say a golfer is heavenly. I'm telling you, man, knowing Webb and Dow, his wife, like those two would never say a bad word. Not only a bad word, they never say a bad thing about other people. Like Webb is the most pure hearted person I know. And I mean, like genuinely, he has a pure heart and soul. I can guarantee you. After the first day he was paired with Patrick Reed, he needed to guzzle holy water. Like, he was mainlining it like a heroin addict. Like, this dude probably heard things said on the golf course that he had never heard before. And there's no way you're going to tell me it didn't shake him. Like, it didn't shake this dude hearing stuff like that. Paul could have put the bag down and been like, look, I'm going to go get a priest to caddy for you because that's the only thing that's going to save us, man. (laughs) Well, I was, I was, when I told Paul and we were talking about playing with Reed, I said, you know, at the end of the day, Patrick Reed just needs like, he just needs a little more self-awareness for crying out loud. Like, you know, be yourself, have a chip, you know, table for one. You don't have to go out there and make friends. Just have a little more self-awareness and recognize the situation and what's happening around you. And you can diffuse the situation to the point where this type of stuff would happen less. And the last thing I'll say, um, and, and, and your point's well taken. I, you know, I, I, I try to hear, you know, both sides of this. I'm for one, you know, the guy yells cheater. All right. The tour is going to have to start. They're going to have to do something. I get that. But it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't like I didn't I don't wake up this morning and think to myself, gosh, we've got a problem with, you know, all kinds of fans. I mean, there's one guy, you know, he says cheater. I mean, no, it's, like, it's no. It's, but here's the problem. It's one guy that you heard on TV. Yeah, I know. I get that. The thing is, that. though, that it, it doesn't account for the people you're going to that, that you aren't going to hear. Yeah, I get like, that. It doesn't account for the people that do things that you don't hear or see on TV. Like Sergio's getting ready to take his club away and people start coughing on purpose or jingling change in their pocket, like doing that kind of stuff on purpose. Like what you have to look at is, no, the guy yelling cheater is not the end of the world right no. now. It's not the end of the world. The problem is if you don't do something about him, then do you think it's going to get more escalated or just hang here? Because when has it ever just stayed? Because now somebody who heard that guy do it is like, well, I got to top that dude so I can get on TV too. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we have a long ways to go in the game before the comparisons can be made to some of these other sports and examples that you're talking about and Eagles and, and you know, and that type of stuff. Um you know, I it just like I just I just listened to the banter on Sirius XM radio in the morning and I just like I listen to these guys and they I, they almost are coming across like they feel like the game is being attacked by one or two people yelling out because that's not the way we act in golf. And I get that. It's a gentleman's where I love it. That's why you know it's great about the game, right? But you know, the sport 
has transitioned a little bit here in the last, you know, 10 years. And I think, you know, the next generation of players coming in, they don't want to be out there for four hours playing golf, right? And people watching this and the accessibility on the phone and, you know, this clickbait world that we live in and things are fast paced. We want to be entertained. I don't know. I mean, I think the tour is doing a pretty good job kind of moving the ship that way a little bit. I do think they've got to have some consistency in the way they police this. And I, and I don't know what the answer is, Michael, but, um, I, yeah, look, I, 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 here's, I think like like letting our hair down just a little bit, I think is okay from an overall perspective in the sport, I guess is what I'm I am completely okay if you like that guy who yelled get in a bunker, I am completely okay with people rooting against another golfer. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But there are some things that are okay and there are some things that are not okay to yell and do. Like yeah. And we know, in especially in the sport of golf, like calling a dude a cheater is like in America calling somebody the word that rhymes with run. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you just there's words you can't throw out there, and that's one of them. Like yeah. even if you even if you feel that way, cool. Root against the person. You know, when the ball's in the air, say, get in a bunker, get in the water. Like, I don't have a problem with none of that. Especially, like you said, in today's world where these guys want to be connected with their fans on social media, yeah. want to go, you know, and be seen like going to college football. Hey, man, we, we love when people act like, you know, fans like us when we go to football games and baseball games. It's just like, like okay, cool. You want all of that. Cool. But here's the other side of it. And I'm cool with the other side of it as well. Up into a point, because there yeah. is a point where it's like, yeah, we we still do play a gentleman's game. Like, it's okay to, to still say, yeah, it's still a gentleman's game, even though now we wear shorts in practice rounds. Or like on the European tour, if it's over 100 and something degrees, you can wear nice shorts to play in it. Like, just because the game itself is, a, is evolving doesn't mean that we need to allow it to devolve. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. The Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Best in class golf balls fueled by state-of-the-art innovation. They have the holiday deal of the year. Go to EncoreGolf.com slash holiday promo to make someone's holiday and golf game a whole lot better. Well, let me let's 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 go to your uh your analyst position, not your writer, not ESPN writer. <laughs> Don't make me type. I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you type anything with your index. <laughs> little, uh, a little game here. Um, we'll get to the three-word game here in a second. I want to. I want to ask you. I want to ask you one more question here. Inside the ropes. Okay. You're following these guys, and you know these are these are some good dudes. You know, out there. Um, 99% of them, right? Let's just say yeah. on the PGA Tour. These are Even these more are than that. I, it's hard for me now from when I started caddying until now. It, it is not easy for me to go, this dude is a real jerk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So when I when I MC at pairings parties and stuff like that, yeah. like I even somebody like, you know, people be like, man, I would I would never want to play golf with Patrick Reed. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah, you would. You know why? Because he's actually fun in a pro am setting on the golf course. Like him and Kessler got all kinds of crazy stories that are yeah. fun and nuts and it's and he's a he's a you know 
Sergio, the funny. same thing. You can hate these dudes as much as you want to, but if you had the opportunity to play in a pro-am with them five hey, and a half man. hours on the golf course, not only are you playing, you're like, I can't believe we had so much fun. I used to laugh when dudes were that way with VJ, and I, I would tell them before. You know, they'd be like, oh, we got VJ. I was like, you're going to have one of the most fun days you've ever had. They're, what? Uh, you'll see. VJ's so much fun on the golf course, and they would come back. I would see him that afternoon. That was awesome. I told you. I told you. Who's who's funny? Give me a name or two. Who, who I mean, who's funny out there? The sneakiest funny dude out there is Henrik Stenson. Yeah. He just hides behind, right? He, and he plays Henrik, he behind those Henrik, He looks like he would be the perfect villain in a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> Like that dude yeah. would in his golf outfit, he could jump a fence, go kill yeah. somebody with a piano wire, jump back over the fence without, and his heart rate would stay at seventy, and he would be winning the tournament. You'd be like, that dude just murdered four people with a piano wire on the other side of the fence on this golf course and jumped over, and nobody took notice of nothing. Like, but he is so dry witted, funny. <laughs> It is. He is a scream. He Dude, Tiger, is an. Tiger's pretty funny. Man, people have no idea that dude. When I was doing Sirius XM, he can. <laughs> Tiger can fart on command. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was doing Sirius XM, and he came and stood next to me in Miami, and freaking. <laughs> Right when, because he can hear in my ear, let's go to Mike out on eight, who's with Tiger and so and so. And I don't even remember who the other guy was, but I had to call this guy's par putt. <laughs> and Tiger, let's go out to Mike on eight. Tiger's standing next to me. And I'm like, you know, thanks, Brian. And you just hear, <laughs> and now Tiger's got his head down and he won't like look up because his shoulders are shaking. He's giggling because he thinks he messed me up. But I was like, oh, it's the Miami barking frog here on the eighth. <laughs> Which now makes you laugh even harder. On you know, the yeah, like this dude, him and Faraday both, like they can just anytime you can call it up, yo, fire it off. Like like it's nothing. But he's also like telling jokes and stuff like that. We goof off so much on the golf course, man. It is crazy. People can't understand it. I forget I forget I was with somebody at Tory Pines. And he walked by and like we we did something and then like he walked off and my buddy, the guy who was there was like, wait, that really just happened like on the golf course? And I was like, see, you don't see, you don't see this on TV, but like this is, he got caught at Honda one time walking off a of green at the Honda during the tournament where he was like, yo, check out. And he's, he's looking at the bottom of his putter, like the sole. And as he's walking off, it was walking off a six. He's walking off a six. And he's like, hey, man, does this look weird to you? And he goes to show me the bottom of the putter. And when I leaned in to look, and he whap, hit me in the nuts right with the handle of the putter. And this is like walking off. And they caught it on. This is the one time they caught it on TV. And, like, people put on Twitter, yo, did Tiger just, did he just hit you in the nuts with his, with his putter? And I was like, yeah, man, this is what he does. He's goofy like that. Okay. I don't even I don't even know how we transition off of that. I don't uh, know. Like but yeah, there's a bunch of funny dudes like out there on tour like that. Uh, Bubba can be Bubba can be absolutely hilarious. Okay. Um Ricky is another one who's freaking he'll pull Ricky will pull a Kevin Hart line out any moment on the golf course. Okay. At any moment he can just bust out Kevin Hart. That's one of his favorite comedians. So 
Yeah. And I think, too, I, I mean, I'm in a different, I guess, light of, on in these guys' eyes yeah. because they know my, where I come from. So. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's – I should say what. Let's transition to the three-word game here. I always okay. like to – I always like to finish up each pod with a little little three word game. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, okay? Name, phrase, and yep. you, got, you got three words, okay? Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever comes to mind here. So yep. we're gonna we're gonna jump around here a little bit. All right, first one, cool. three word game. Scott Van Pelt, Publix mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he that's that's he lives off it. I know. Well, see, he can't get it in Bristol, Connecticut mm. now. So I torture him and will send him pictures of Publix fried chicken and mac and cheese, which is Publix fried chicken is some of the greatest fried chicken in the oh, world. It is so good. And and, so, they make, and they make good soup now, too. Good soup. Oh, yeah. That's my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. We've got one like on literally like every mile and a half. It's like, it's I like, had their, I had their hot wings last night. I got leftovers waiting for me as soon as okay. we're done. Okay. I'm going to crush right. the rest of them. Hot wings gonna, in, yeah, in the I got to get you off the phone here soon. So you can uh, get back to your house and make yeah. sure everything's still intact. I'll tell right. you, you want to know when fat people are not jolly, but make them hangry. See what happens. <laughs> Three word game. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Curtis strange. Curtis strange would be. Three words for Curtis Strange. U.S. Open. No, I would say great off course. Great off course. Yeah, I would never work for him. That's a he's a caddy killer. Yeah, he was a he is, and is slowly but surely becoming the old get off my lawn dude. <laughs> yeah. See, get off my lawn is four words, so I can't. You yeah, know, unless you right. hyphen. Get out my lawn. Yeah, that okay. he's becoming the get, and I love him to death. But like after that whole U.S. Open thing where he tried to take Phil to task, it's like, come on, old dude, like yeah. enough already. Don't act like like you would have been cool with the setup that the U.S. Open had just because like you won too. Like you never played in U.S. Open conditions like this like ever. You never have. So, you know, he's like, get off my lawn. OK. All right. Here you go. I know a guy, you know, well, ESPN three word game, Matt Berry. Matt Barry, I would say, is Is he a golfer? Oh my gosh, yes. We play a lot. Okay. Yeah. He actually lost the bet to me where he had to show the tattoo that he's trying to get removed. <laughs> <laughs> Remove the tattoo. Yeah, well no, nah, that's so uh slowly growing up. Those are the three words that I would use for Matt Barry. Slowly growing up. So he's getting the college tattoo removed. Uh, he just got an award at the Cronkite School of Journalism, which is out of ASU. And he's going to be a keynote speaker out there, which is cool. Um, and he's like, he's starting to blow up at ESPN. But he still, yeah. like, we'll, he still, he still has some, he still has plenty of the Chad and Brad bro in him. Okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> good. He, I like he's him. slowly growing up. He's, he's my... Good. I love that dude. He literally, he's like, he's like a brother to me. We, yeah. He's family. He's family. There ain't many people I would say that, that if somebody pulled a gun, I would step in front of them, like to try and quell it first. But he's one of the people I do that for. Well, you're, how about back a little, little comedian here, three word game, Chris Rock. One of the greatest. Yeah. I saw him live in, uh, in Jacksonville and 
He just walked out on the stage. No introduction. Just walked out on the stage, lights on, mm. and said, hey, guys, I'm Chris Rock. You guys ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Great. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes as a comedian, it's like when they go, hey, we're going to have uh, – so can you write down what you – you know what? Forget it. Nah. Don't it just turn the lights on. We'll just come on. Let's go. Yeah, that's what he did. Everybody that's, was like, wait a minute. That's Chris yeah, Rock. It, 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 he just walked on stage and started going. Like, he did. Wow. He just walked yeah. on stage. Lights on. Music was playing. He's like, you guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> he is a, let me put it, here's three words. Bad school example. <laughs> Bad school. But, you know, yeah, everyone says, you know, stay in school, get your education, go to college. That's where you're going to get it. Yeah best job in the world okay that dude quit high school yeah. <laughs> and got his ged l- late in life but is still one of the smartest most brilliant comedians out there yeah like it just goes to prove like what if what if he stood up and yelled cheater what would happen if he yelled cheater yeah at a golf tournament yeah if he yelled he, at patrick instead of that other guy he gotta go he gotta go he gotta I, look i don't care look here's I don't. Everybody, everybody laughed though. No, I don't think people would laugh you don't at think that. So? Not a golf crowd. No, they would. You would get more ooze than laughs because here's the thing: Are you yelling? Number one, as a comedian, that's you're. You know, you're not getting a laugh out of that. Like you're just yeah. getting a reaction. So, Bad if idea. he was, if he was going to yell something, it wouldn't be cheater. It would be either something ironic. Like he would yell fair play, <laughs> right? And yeah. people were like, did he just yell fair play? What is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would you? Yell? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yelling cheaters. It's yeah. I don't want to use the word easy, but because it's not, you're not even getting an easy laugh. That's like telling a dick joke. Like yeah, everybody's got them, and you can pull them out if you need them. But that's no one wants to take the easy road. Comedians especially. Yeah. Speaking of funny dudes, three word game. Pat McAfee. Verge of superstardom. Yeah, yeah, he's on his way, and uh, oh, he's uh, he's speaking of travel. He's all over the map. He's in Bristol. He's back in Indy. He's I know. uh, He's doing he's doing football. He's doing wrestling. I mean, he's gonna. I I think he's gonna be doing XFL. Uh, Man, he's uh, he's killing it. And I've known Pat for a couple years now through Instagram and and whatnot. We've become friends, and then we met up at the bahamas uh this last year yeah and you were there and he's playing he was holy cow and we were a team <laughs> he was playing barefoot we were all a team we were a team a scrambled team and we're in the lead until lightning <laughs> hit with three holes to play i know i know I mean, yeah we were only we were, god we could stop us <laughs> we were we were right there and, and all everyone was contributing um it, it, it was fun. And speaking of contributing, you're a lefty. Yep. Right. Play golf left-handed. You were hitting I that do. little. You were hitting that little buttercut. Little, little buttercut out there. Yes, I do little, short and straight, man. Yeah, short and like straight. You, like you and Cooch, just that yeah. little, little squeeze cut out. I'm there. I'm a better tipper. I'm a much better tipper. <laughs> you would. You would not caddy for Cooch. Yeah. No. 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 I would not. I would, no. That's a lie. I what? would I would I caddy for him? Yeah, that dude's okay. an ATM machine. <laughs> he is. There are yeah. two types of golfers, man. There are lottery tickets and ATM machines. You want to ca- caddy for an ATM machine? Yeah, because that means you you taking money out every week. Every week you go there and take money out. Lottery tickets, you scratch off, lose, 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 lose. You know, and every now and then a Powerball hit, but. 
for the most part, you the ATM machine that's consistent, that dude is just a money-making machine. You like playing golf, Michael? I, I love it. You love it? Yeah, I love it. I love. I still love... I know it sounds like the exact opposite, but it's true. The two things about golf that I love, well, three things. Number one, I love the fact that every day on the golf course is different. That like one day you feel like I got it, man. I I got a good swing thought and I can take this on the road. And and the next day that same swing thought just <laughs> doesn't work and you can't understand why. And I yeah. number two, I love I love the fact that golf brings people together. So, like, it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or on the verge of homelessness. Yep. Like, those two people can not only play golf together, but they can also enjoy each other's company. So, like, you can make friends with someone that you could be so different and opposite from in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. But yet the common ground of golf allows you to enjoy five and a half hours with someone, four hours with someone, or if, if you play nine holes, an hour and a half, two hours with someone like, yeah, I love that about golf. But on the flip side of that, I love the solitude too. Like yeah. some of the, some of the most head clearing peaceful moments that I have are when I go by myself out onto the golf course and just play 18 holes alone mm. or like go up to the driving range and put my headphones on and like beat balls for two hours. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's really therapeutic sometimes to just be able to be out on a golf course and look around, take a deep breath and go, yeah, okay. It's I'm all right. Everything's yeah. all right. You know? Yeah, it is. It is the people that, you know, that I think that I appreciate the most. Even I look back, even when I was younger and I was playing younger, I, I think like I would go play by myself a lot. But I always like playing with my dad's friends and like being in their company. And then as I got older into college, like playing with my my teammates, you know, and then, you know, even today, like I like to play golf. I don't necessarily probably love to play it as much as I used to. But when I do play I want to I want to go play with good people um, that are in different parts of the business and and get to know other people and that's what was so cool about that Baja Mar event was you know we're out there teeing it up and chumming it up with you know with you and and Pat McAfee and and Adam Thielen and Aaron Rodgers I mean these guys these people from all different angles of sports coming together Ray Allen Scotty Pippen and we're just out there talking golf you know like. We're talking, yeah, we're talking the sport of golf and all these great athletes loving the game like they do. I mean, that's that's cool. For me. That's the I, crazy I, thing. I know. And then like when you see those guys like, what you know, we're watching Scotty on inside the NBA. And, yeah. stuff, and it's like, hey, my boy, like or watching Aaron play, you know, or Adam like watching Thielen play. It's yeah. crazy. To think like, oh, man, we're just out golfing with these good dudes. And now like. And they're just good. They're just good dudes. They're just like, good people. Yeah. You know, just I, good I people. I DM'd, I DM'd Adam before the game yesterday. And I said, I said, good luck. I said, let's play some golf this spring. And he and he responded right back. This was like, I don't know, four hours before the game, whatnot. And he's like, Yeah, for sure. He goes, looking forward to playing some golf in the offseason, but hopefully we're a few weeks away yet, right? You know, like we gotta <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I gotta tell you, man. I watched that game. I was cheering for him like he was my brother. I mean, I was like, 
you know, and I just, you know, we just mixed it up a little bit there, playing a little golf at, at Baja Mar, but the sport, you know, brought us together to your point. And, um, you know, what per, sucks about this made, though, you know, what sucks is now, now I can't root against teams as hard as I used to. I know. Cause it's like, and what happens when Aaron plays Thielen? So like in Green Bay plays Minnesota, you're like, all right, um, I want, I want Adam to catch 200 yards worth of passes, you know, and then four touchdowns. But I want Aaron to throw for 359 and four touchdowns. Like, who you want to win? Uh, who? Mm, uh, mm. <laughs> well, I got a, I got a confession to make to you, Michael, and that is I'm sitting where I shoot the Stripe Show podcast is in my man cave and. I'm a huge Seahawks fan, man. Huge. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. And and by the way, I have you no beat our ma- you beat a mass unit yesterday, which is crazy. I I, yeah. I have no trouble rooting against Aaron next week when the Seahawks are involved in the conversation or Thielen <laughs> or Thielen the weekend. I, I, I they, that's just I don't even know what their names are at that point. All yeah, I, see, if it's going against my team, same thing. Yes. I I'm sorry, bro. I got to root for you. Just for one week. You're in a yeah. in a uniform that I'm not rooting for. Yeah. So I I want you to play well. Yeah. And I want you to be healthy. And I want you to lose. How's <laughs> <laughs> that? Is that cool? I want you to play good. I want you to be healthy when the game's over. And I want you to lose. So <laughs> I still love you, but it's funny. So the funniest part of that Bahamar thing for me when we were down there was. Aaron didn't know that I knew Chris Paul and have uh-huh. known Chris for, oh my gosh, 11 years. Yeah. So the two of them were taking pictures with people and the stuff, and I walked over and I saw Aaron first. So I was like, yo, what's up, man? Good to see you. Blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm so glad you're here doing this. And he goes, hey, man, check it out. He turns around. He goes, uh, Chris, I want to introduce you to Michael Collins, ESPN. And Chris was like, introduce me. Man, I've known him longer than you knew him. <laughs> And Aaron's like, no, you didn't. Shut up. And I go, uh, bro, Aaron, yeah, um, yeah kind of. I do. I've, I've known Chris a lot longer than I've known you before. <laughs> He's like, what is this world coming to? I was like, yeah, uh, sorry, dog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> laugh about that one. I need you. I need you to deliver one message for me, and I want you to okay. deliver it to Chris. And I talked to Chris about it when we were there. I was like, Chris, let me help you with your game. He loves the game, right? Oh my gosh, you and- have no idea. He loves it. And his brother, PJ, right? Yep. Uh, I talked to him and he was like, we want you to work with Chris and we're going to, you know, let us get some things settled in. I think the trade and everything kind of threw some things up in the air. But oh, yeah. But, I, but I'm telling you, like, I just need a little time with him and, and like, we're going to knock some serious strokes off the game. So I need to deliver that. He knows who I am. Okay. And, it, and and let's you know in the off season leading into Baja Mar, let's get let's get this training going, let's get things up to speed. And I want him; he's going to come out and he's going to be you know he's going to be most improved and uh, and and taking some points off the NFL players. Just if you could get him to a point where he can beat his dad and his brother, man, yeah, you will be you'll walk on water for that dude. Yeah, you know if you get him to the point where he can consistently be beating the people that he plays with all the time. Cause he is like, he went all in on golf when he yeah. was in new Orleans. That's where I met him when he played in new Orleans. Yeah, okay. 
And it was just like he was he was at the golf tournament and was and he had never been really to a tournament before. Mm. And it was Webb kind of that got him turned on to the game. So he is all in when it comes to golf. And like every elite athlete, which is why I think everyone ends up coming to golf. It's like if you can play at the most elite level in your sport, then you look at the sport like golf initially and you're like, well, that's easy to master. I'm not even worried about that. (laughs) And then you try it. And these guys at these elite levels in all of these other athletic ventures are like, wait a minute. The ball's just sitting there and everybody's quiet. Like no one's running at me. Nobody's setting a pick. Like I'm not going to get a concussion playing golf. How is it that I can't master this stupid little sport with this is the ball that's just sitting there and no one trying to kill me. (laughs) You know, last, last comment on the Baja Mar. I, there was two things really surprised me. One, I couldn't believe how far Brett Favre hit his driver. Like, uh, I mean, just with the glove that he must have had for seven years. <laughs> I know that dude. Come on, man. You're <laughs> you got all that free copper monkey, <laughs> copper top stuff and you can't get a new glove. <laughs> what you doing, man? What are you doing? Oh, uh, man. he. Bought- I know a dude from Foot Joy can help you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then, like, OK, the second thing is, she's uh, his name slipped my mind. The, the, the defensive tackle for the Bills, uh, Buffalo Bills. <sighs> Anyway, he was he was he was impressive. I followed um, I followed him around for about nine or ten holes. I think on the last day, I mean, he shot even par, like it was nothing. I mean, just solid off the tee, good iron game, had some nice up and downs. It was, it, I, I was really impressed with the level of play. Like you know, Favre hitting his driver. Um, you know, Scotty could get around. Scotty Pippen shot seventy four. Um, yes, the one day I was I was walking with him, feeling shot seventy two. Scobie's a great player. We know that. I mean, he's like yep. plus two handicap. Yep. Ray Allen's a great player. That's the um, guy who I tell people to watch a bunch too. That yeah. dude, you want to talk about a guy who? I mean, think about the he has done everything. Yeah, everything. How many people can say you a Hall of Famer? You got NBA championships. You played at Connecticut, and you did movies, and not just any movies. You did a movie with Denzel that was a critical hit, like huge, yeah. big time hit. And your golf swing is buttery. Yeah. Like that dude. He also was the first dude. You know, he was the first dude to ever have the Jordan bag. Golf bag. Mm. He was the first dude to have the jump man golf bag. Okay. Yeah. Kyle Williams. Kyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Kyle, he's got that. Yeah, he's got crazy good golf game. I mean, he he shot even par and it looked it was legit. I told him, I was like, That's a great round. Of, great round of golf. So, yeah, I mean, those guys, they love it. It was fun. Um, I uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully doing it again next year. But yeah, in, in, in the meantime, um, let's. Let's tee it up here one of these one of these days. I know you're going to be hitting the West Coast here soon. You're going to be traveling. If you look, man, if you can help me get rid of my reverse pivot, I'm out, man. I, I don't I can't fix those. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I just as a left-handed golfer, and this is the funny I'm this is my Charles Barkley thing where it's so ingrained in me. I don't know what to do to get out of it. Okay. Because I have been when I play baseball, I used to do the same thing. I used to do a drop step like that. 
And so getting to my right side is always the challenge for me. And the worst part is when I do, I feel like I snap hook everything. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just turn you around right-handed, then it wouldn't be reversed anymore. Oh, no, no. No, no. 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 If I try, you see my, if you see my swing right-handed, you're going to be like, oh, what time does this jello get here? No, he don't. He's like, Rupert, don't put the fork, don't take the cork off the fork, Rupert. Well, Michael Collins, uh, we'll follow him on Twitter, at ESPN Caddy. He's, uh, he's great. He's the best comedian, caddy, ESPN journalist, uh, going to be an award-winning writer one day (laughs) (laughs) if there's some horrific accident that kills every other writer that's ever lived yeah maybe maybe (laughs) the one time i go to the bathroom and every other golf writer gets taken out someplace (laughs) a volcano or something yeah even then they'll be like you know what we don't have to have awards anymore the only, you know what? Here's what I'm going to win. Okay. I'm going to win when they announce that Ricky Gervais is going to be the MC at the Golf Writers Association of America. When he's going to be the MC, I'm going to write my ass off to make okay. sure that I win that year. Because okay. I want him to say something when I walk up there. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Well, seriously, thanks for having me on. You bet, man. It's been a blast, dude. All right. I appreciate it. Uh, safe travels. We'll be watching. Thanks, man. Okay, buddy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm Travis Fulton. We'll see you next time.